not the hearers of the law who are righteous before God, but the doers of the law who will be justified. When Gentiles who have not the law do by nature what the law requires, they are a law to themselves, even though they do not have the law. They show what the law, they show that what the law requires is written on their hearts, while their conscience also bears witness and their conflicting thoughts accuse or perhaps excuse them on that day when according to my gospel God judges the secrets of men by Christ Jesus be to you the reader everyone is interested in a good cover-up. We like to read about it in the news, presidential elections, Benghazi, back to Watergate, whatever it may be. We always want to find out those hidden secrets, have them revealed, and there's some satisfaction in finding that out. Yet the curiosity about things that are in the outside world hides the fact that all of us are a part of the greatest cover-up 
in history. And that cover-up is the covering up of our own sins. So here in the gospel, in the epistle reading today, St. Paul talks about the judgment of the Jews and the Gentiles. He says that God has no partiality, that everyone will be judged equally, those with the law, those without the law, because they have the law written on their hearts. And we see how, as St. Paul says that, he closes with those words that God will judge the secrets of men. God will judge the secrets of men. And in Greek, that's takripta ton anthropon. You hear that? Tokriptos. What does that sound like? Crypt. Our secrets, our secret sins, our hidden sins, are in this crypt within our soul. This is what we cover up our entire lives. And this is truly the great cover-up. Because this is what we do day in and day out. Because we hide our sins. We hide them from the people around us. We hide them even from ourselves. And this great cover-up is something that makes us desire to go and look out at other people's sins. There are many ways in which we hide our sins from ourselves. Many ways that we hide our sins from other people. I'll mention just a few of these. First, we excuse our sins. We say, oh, well, this is the reason why I did this. We give explanations, whether to ourselves or to others. We say, I don't know what got into me. I don't know how that happened. All of these different things are ways of excusing our sins, to push them away, to hide them in that crypt. And so then, still, that crypt gets filled with our sins, the hiddenness and the darkness of those. We also compare. We say, oh, well, you know, I did this, but that person over there did that. We say, well, if I were in their shoes, I wouldn't have done something like that. So we compare ourselves with other people. We say, oh, well, you know, I'm a pretty good person. I don't, you know, I don't do that many bad things. And how can we say I'm a pretty good person? Because we look at the other people and we say, well, there are people that are really sinning. I'm not really sinning that much, so I'm a pretty good person. Another way that we do this is ignoring our sins. There are so many ways to distract ourselves from the sins in our own, our very own lives. St. Paisios, in this recent book, fairly recent book, this is the, the uh, fifth chapter, fifth volume of Passions and Virtues, an excellent book. He says this, There's no benefit in researching the whole world if you haven't researched your own inner world. What he's saying by that is, we go and look everywhere else for things that we want to see and find out about, and we don't spend any time looking inside of ourselves. We just ignore this crypt that is filled with all of our sinfulness. We just ignore it. And so it continues to be filled. Another way that we do this is by redirecting. It's like that old uh, adage in political science. If you've got a lot of domestic problems, just start a war. You know, like, there are bad things going on inside of here, so I'm just going to go and point over there instead. I'll talk about what other people are doing, or what other situations are out there, because someone says, oh, well, you know, you did this thing. You say, oh, well, but look over there at that thing over there. See how bad that is instead. Another way that we do this is by minimizing. 
We magnify our good qualities. We, and this is especially in our heads. We think about all the ways in which we're good, so we don't have to think about the ways in which we fall short. Of course, there's the classic one, which is blaming. It's not my fault. It's that person's fault. My coworkers are mean. My parents made me this way. I was raised in this kind of household. My children do this. All the different ways in which we can blame. So many ways in which we point the sin away from ourselves and we continue this great cover-up in our lives. So why do we hide our sins? This might seem like an obvious question. Why do we hide our sins? Think about this. And why does God want to reveal them? You see, sin is a wound. It's not an infraction. We often think of sins as infractions. And we hear that epistle and we hear about the law. Maybe we say, well, that was the Jewish law. But then we, Orthodox Christians or any Christians, we have our rules. We have our commandments of God. And so we think about it in terms of an infraction, that we've broken a rule. We don't see it as a wound. And so we think of it as breaking God's law. And if we read the epistle that way, we can go off in a very wrong direction. Because it can all become legal, juridical. It can all be about, there's this judge, I broke the rules, here are the punishments. We completely misunderstand what sin actually is. And why God wants to heal it. Why God wants to open up these secrets. When we understand that sin is a wound, then we begin to see. So this hidden place deep within our souls now is not a place where we've been writing down the things that we did wrong. But rather, it's a festering wound. It's something that is sitting there unhealed. And what are we doing as our solution? Cover it up. Cover it up. Maybe it's not there anymore if I just cover it up. What happens then? So we keep these things inside of us. But if sin is a wound, it's a self-inflicted wound. And for that, we have shame. This is really at the heart of why we don't want to face our sins. Why we want to keep covering them up is because we're ashamed about them. We feel exposed. We actually say something about our sins to other people. Ask their forgiveness. Say, I did this wrong. Go to the priest and confess it. All of these are ways in which we expose ourselves. We expose our self-inflicted wounds, our self-harming. And so instead, what do we want to do? We just want to say it doesn't exist. It's not there. But the epistle is very clear. God will reveal our secret sins to us. In fact, He's doing that right now as we speak. He continues to reveal to us our sins. This is what the epistle talks about. The, the law of God written on our hearts. Our conscience either condemning us or our conscience uh, helping us to see the ways in which we're doing things in the right way. So this is the way in which God is continually working in our lives, saying, look, you have this thing. Attend to it. Heal it. Seek healing on this. So the last question is, how can we be healed from these? Let's say that we actually want to open up that crypt and reveal all these things. Let the light of God shine in the darkness. How do we do that? Well, the most direct and most powerful way, of course, is in the sacrament of confession. In confession, we have the opportunity to do real spiritual surgery. We can actually get in there and find those things 
especially with having that second pair of eyes to help find those things that we don't even see, that are so covered up, we don't even see them covered up. We can begin to do the surgery on those wounds. Another way in which we can do this is with spiritual awareness. And what this is is what St. Paisios talked about, and I'll read another passage, a longer passage about this, is listening to our conscience, hearing it, not ignoring it. When we have that little pain, that little sense of remorse or compunction, repentance, whatever it may be, listen to it, hear it, and actually actively look inside of ourselves. What do I do in my life? What am I doing that is wrong? What am I doing that I'm hurting other people, that I'm hurting myself? This is a passage that he gives to us. This is again from St. Paisius. You must turn in on your own self to do the work on your own self. How did the saints become sanctified? They turned their attention to their own self and focused only on their own passions. They exercised self-criticism, self-reproach, which allowed the scales to fall from the eyes of their soul so that they were enabled to see clearly and deeply. They saw themselves as beneath everyone else and considered everyone else to be better than themselves. Now pause here for a moment. The saints think themselves to be better than everyone else. And what do we think? I'm a pretty good person. I'm a pretty good person. For all these other people that are clearly below me, I can see. And this is because we look at everything in the legal framework. So if a person kills and another person kills, are they equal? In a legal sense, yes. Very much so. But this is not the judgment of God. Because God judges what is going on inside the person's heart. Both are guilty, of course. But the the measure and way in which their guilt is, is very different. Depending on the nature of the situation, depending on what they have inherited in their own lives. This is the problem with us looking around at the rest of the people around us. We only see the outside things. And so from a legal sense, we can say, well, that person did that, they're worse than me, because they would get in trouble for that, and I don't get in trouble for that. But when we look inside, then everything is flipped around. Because then we realize, I have no excuse for the things I'm doing. I have no excuse for hurting people, for angering people, for being resentful, envious, jealous, whatever it may be. I have no excuse. I can make excuses, but when I actually look inside, as St. Paisius is talking about, I realize I have no excuse. As for those people out there, I don't know what reasons they they have for what they did. So those people now become exalted and myself placed low because I realize the reason I've done the things I've done. And those people, I have no idea. I truly have no idea why they do what they do. This is the way that the saints look at this. And this is how they can say that they are the worst of sinners. I'll continue. He says, They magnified their own faults and minimized the faults of others because they gazed with the eyes of their soul and not with their earthly eyes. This explains why they would say, I'm the worst of all men. The eyes of their soul had been purified and become powerful binoculars which with, with which they saw their small faults, mere splinters, as beams. But we do not see our own faults, which are actually enormous beams, and we see them as little splinters. 
We examine others with a microscope and consider their sins enormous, but we fail to see our own sins because the eyes of our soul are not clear. The key is to purify the eyes of the soul. Again, his final words, the key is to purify the eyes of our soul. We must look within ourselves. And as he mentioned in here, a key to that is humility. And we talked a little bit about that last week. We must have the humility to look inside of ourselves. And St. Paisios talks about putting ourselves below others. This is a very simple practice. It's a very easy thing to do. It seems hard, but it's not. Just tell yourself, I'm worse than that person. I'm worse than that person. You know, this is not this is not in a way of like, you know, beating ourselves up, oh I'm just the worst person, I can't get out of here. No. But when we have that temptation to think of another person as below us, flip it. I don't know what that person is and I don't know why they're acting the way they are, but I know myself and I know all the things that I do. This is the way that we can practically move towards humility. And the last thing that we can do to uncover that crypt within our souls is the path of love. To begin to know God's love. Because this is one of our fundamental problems, is that we really don't want to expose ourselves and expose our sins because we're afraid God won't love us. Or He won't love us as much. Again, it's that judge in the court. He sees the infractions and says, this is your punishment. This is not our God. And for this, read the Gospels. Read the prayers of the church. See our Lord's love and compassion. We constantly say, Philanthropos, the one who loves mankind. We say that he is all-compassionate, ever-merciful, long-suffering, all of these things. In the epistle of Romans, a few verses before what we read today in the epistle, St. Paul says, The goodness of God leads to repentance. The goodness of God, or the love of God, leads to repentance. If we dwell in God's love, if we focus on the fact that God is unconditionally loving us, no matter what, then we can begin to say, you know, I did that thing. I did that. And God still loves me, but I'm recognizing that I did that. Then we can begin to open up this script, and then a beautiful thing will happen at the end of our life. There will be nothing to be revealed. The cover-up will have happened continuously throughout our lives. So at the end of our life, there's no uncovering that needs to happen. And what it says in the epistles won't happen to us. Because why? Because we've already uncovered it all. So may we take this path. May we not cover up, nor may we look for other people's coverings up. May we continue this into eternity. Amen.